Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Are Thin. I hope you guys are having a lovely Monday. I'm not, because bitch-ass niggas are faggots, but that's cool, whatever. Anyway, um, I hope you guys had a good and weird-ass weekend. Let me tell you what I did a good show and that show is getting very interesting I'm still on season one so I'm kind of behind. I'm not sure if season two is on, but that show is getting interesting. It's crazy how you can be in a hotel room with a guy and he died and you end up exposing a whole espionage. Like, this crazy. I ain't gonna tell y'all. I'm not gonna spoil this for y'all. I'm not gonna go into details about this show, but it's very entertaining I was watching it on HBO Max. It's a very decent, very nice show. It is what it is, girl. It's 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 a good it's a good show. I will tell you that. The whole show had you feeling sorry for Kaylee Crickle, but in the same sense, it's kind of like you know who gets drunk in Bangkok. Who gets that drunk in Bangkok to where you don't remember anything? And I know she felt like she trusted the guy that she was with, but unfortunately for her, the guy died on her. So that's a very interesting storyline. So crazy i started watching the umbrella academy girl this show like I forgot how long ago I started watching the show but I started watching the Umbrella Academy if I'm not mistaken before the pandemic because the show of course started before the pandemic so I watched the Umbrella Academy I started watching season 3 and I already I'm going to already tell you what everybody know with time traveling you can't fix anything I don't care what Back to the Future says you cannot fix you can't fix anything the, the, 
problem is, is that when you do go back in time, you could change time by simply have by simply stepping on a bug that wasn't supposed to die five seconds before his death. Okay, um, there's a movie called was it a song about a storm? It has Catherine McCormick in it. It has Ben Knightley in it. And Ben Kingsley in it. And it basically is telling you like how even stepping on a butterfly has a negative effect on time traveling. So what happened was they time traveled. I forgot the whole reason why they time traveled. They time to travel because five... Five time traveled, never came back, and he lived in an apocalyptic future. So, what ended up happening, he time traveled back and he ended up time traveling back into his body where he when he was like, I probably 12. So, he time traveled back into his 12-year-old body. He did time travel back as an older man. But he lived to be like 56 and I don't know what happened, but he time traveled because their father, Mr. Hargreaves, pushed him too hard. Pushed him into the, to the, uh, pushed him to, to use his power, powers a little bit too hard. So what happened was I forgot the reason why he came back and told them there's going to be an apocalypse or something like that. And they ended up in the sixties. They all end up in different eras in the sixties. Okay. Some might end up in 60, some might end up in 61, 62, 63, 64, 65. They all ended up in different parts of history. Okay. time traveling and I think they what happened was I guess it had something to do with their father because their father died okay the show started with the father died and so what happened was they end up going to um They, they still, like, they end up traveling, and I guess it was to stop something to happen with their father. I guess somebody was supposed to kill their father or something like that, because they had this whole agency that's out killing folks, and it's Mary J. Blige and this other dude over here killing folks. I mean, just a whole lot of craziness going on. Fast forward to season three. I started season three, and, um, long story short, they time traveled back and he ended up creating the sparrows academy and what they found out is that they never happened in this timeline they don't exist in this timeline um and they find out that um victor who used to be vanya and just in case you guys don't know elliot page used to be ellen page okay so I guess they decided to write that in the storyline too, which it didn't, I don't, it, it was nothing that foresaw um, Vanya being Victor. Okay, it's a whole process before you decide to be another gender. So that was confusing to me because it's like, you know, I understand that El- Elliot wants to people acknowledge the fact that he transitioned. But I need Elliot to understand y'all need to write a better storyline for Victor and Vanya, okay? Yeah, Vanya has been through some traumatic things and has seen some traumatic things, 
But I need more of a backstory. There was nothing that was foretelling that Vanya was going to be Victor. And that's the part that gets me. And I'm irked about that. But other than that, the storyline is pretty good. Because what happened was five went back in time and met his old self and his old self told him to not go back in time again just let the world end you know you going back in time and trying to save the world is actually killing the world and that's what basically is happening and that's what um is going on so that's what is happening um on the umbrella academy the show is good but i don't like the storyline they used to transition bonnie into victor it was very lazy it was not colorful i need a good story as to why you transition i'm sorry i know people are sitting up here transitioning their children but i need more of a reason to why you want to transition i know people sit up here saying well kids know what they're doing no Tell me why you want to be a little boy and don't say you want to be a little boy because I wanted a little boy. Because sometimes you got to understand parents push their kids into that too. Because you're so upset that your child's a little girl or you're so upset because your child's a little boy. So people don't think of the consequences they, they get themselves into when they treat their kids like crap just because they're the gender that they are. So y'all know we got to talk about the uh, the verses that led to the biggest fallout of B2K history. Y'all know we got to talk about that shit. Like, I don't give a damn what nobody has to say. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about that. Because y'all don't understand like y'all know me i am early 2000 teenager connoisseur that's what i am i have always been an early 2000 connoisseur that's what i am i was a teenager back in the day when these guys came out well not a teenager more like a teenager i was like 10 11 12 when these guys came out um in one case when it comes to sammy i was nine years old so, at the end of the day, we gotta talk about this. Y'all know I'm the queen of this. I guess I am not gonna get to the Real Housewife franchise and the weird-ass storylines they got going on, including the existence of the Real Housewives of Dubai. Girl, I have to talk about the Real Housewives of Dubai, and I cannot get, for some reason, I cannot get to the Real Housewives of Dubai. I can't. I don't, but it's like this whole versus has brought everything. I'm not talking about Roe versus Wade. I'm not entertaining the fuckery. I don't entertain fuckery dealing with this damn country because I just don't. And I did a video and it's privatized because I got striped on YouTube three times for talking about B2K. 
So, a lot of people have not seen my B2K videos. And I kind of broke it down. And I kind of, let's just say this. I kind of said what Book said without insulting Amorian because I do respect Amorian as a talented person. I respect him as an artist. I will always respect Omorion. Um, contrary to what y'all doing on the fucking internet, y'all fake ass motherfuckers, y'all fake as shit. I have no respect for how y'all dragging Omorion and how we all sitting up here talking about something that happened 10 years ago, how we all talking about something that happened 20 years ago, when the truth of the matter is, Boog and Fizz and Raz are just mad that the versus wasn't B2K versus somebody else. That's just facts, Okay. You're mad that nobody acknowledged you and what you have done, but it's your fault. So it doesn't matter. And like I said, I said in one of my things, you have the energy to go after Omorion. You have the energy to punch all your baby mamas in the damn face, but you ain't got the energy to get in Chris Stokes' face or Tad's face. Because you're a bitch-ass nigga. So until you start punching the right people, Boog, nothing's going to ever go your way. And I got some history on B2K members being shady as shit, too, as well. So we'll be talking about that, too. I don't give a damn if Boog or Fizz or Razby don't like me. They can kiss the whole blackest part of my high yellow black ass. I don't give a damn about these niggas. Okay? You ain't did shit for nobody. You ain't shit to nobody. So I what we gonna do this week... I'm going to talk about the versus battle, but I'm going to go all the way back to the early 2000s and late 90s and explain to you why Boog and Fizz and Raz are so pressed. Because at the end of the day, Boog has no right to be mad at Amorian. And Omorion lost the verses, okay? This is a loss that he is never going to forgive himself for. This is a loss he will never live down because it happened on the internet. But there's several cases where Omorion was humble. And I'm going to be honest with you, he needs to be humble. He needs to humble himself. down i don't care we're gonna break this down i'm gonna talk about the uh opening acts which i'm trying to figure out this is the only verses that had an opening act and i'm gonna tell you why y'all need to stop expecting people to put you on a pedestal when you should put your own self on a pedestal because i have an issue with pleasure p's ranked I have a severe issue with Pleasure Pete Ring. I really do. So, we're going to talk about the verses um, today. This is a passion project. Because I'll be straight up honest with you, I always wanted the verses. I did see Amorian and Mario. Um, 
but um I'm gonna be honest with you. Let's talk. I want to talk about some of the interviews that Amorian had because to me, I feel like Amorian thought he was better than Mario. Um, but when Mario clobbered him like the pit bull he is, y'all call you a pit bull because you are a pit bull father. You just like your cheering. You clobbered that little chihuahua. <laughs> you ate that chihuahua. You took that chihuahua down a couple of notches, but he still don't get it, and he's still not humble enough. So, when the verses started, the verses started in 2020 during the pandemic, and it started with a bunch of producers and songwriters, which I love, and I know some producers and songwriters that should have been doing the verses, and I don't know why they have not done the verses. Um, I'm asking them questions because, uh, hello, y'all have hits. What's up? But... The verses started with Timberland and Swiss Beats. Okay? So Timberland and Swiss Beats started his verses. And I remember like them asking Amoria who he should do verses with. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Amoria is not scared of Mario. He's not scared of Mario. Now he is. But he was not scared of Mario because he felt like Mario was not uh, an opponent of his. Um, he felt like Mario was on his level. Matter of fact, when he was doing interviews, he kind of told people in interviews, well, maybe a Chris Brown, but not a Mario. Now, whether that came from arrogance or not, I don't know. Um, but looking at how he reacted to losing the verses, he has not humbled himself. He is still arrogant. Um, it feels like he's getting more arrogant. And I'm going to tell you, his whack-ass fans are not... March 2000 and 
they came out at the end of 2001. Their first song is Uh Huh. And they came out 2001, and then Mario came out the end, in the beginning of 2002. People put them against each other, and people have always put them, including fans. Fans have always put them against each other, and of course, Amorian fans thought that Amorian won the verses. What verses did Amorian win? Um, the world is saying he didn't. Um, y'all have literally been disrespectful to Mario. Uh, Mario showed you what talent is, and you want to be mad at him because he showed you what Amorian really was. Um, and I'm like I said once again, Amorian is a very talented man. <laughs> I just wish people, like, as much as they sit up there and linger on the negative when it comes to Amorian, I need y'all to linger on the positive of Amorian as well. Um, Amorian did Mass Singer, and he did fairly well. He was in fourth place. So Amorian did a good job on Mass Singer, but once again, I don't think his competitions were real vocalists. So, um, you know, I kind of wish he brought Amorian for Mass Singer, to the verses um I remember me and my mom had a conversation about this and she said Amorian took advantage or Amorian thought that Mario was not a worthy opponent he thought Mario was not that powerful when it came to his talent you know because let's be straight up honest when you come talking about stage presence and presentation Mario is not known for his stage presentation but he also is not known for doing pyros. He's not known for doing pyrotechnics. He's not known for jumping out the floor. He's not known for um dancing which is gay as fuck and yeah I said it fuck you and I've been wanting to say that for years I don't like you guys sir it's an awful movie I went to go see it and one of the main reasons I was mad because at the time I was fans of this bitch ass nigga but I will never support this nigga ever in his living life I don't give a fuck if the niggas under a bridge in Atlanta is begging for food you can starve you fat fuck but at the end of the day, um, I was mad because one of my favorite B2K members was not in the movie, and I found that to be ironic because his cousin, you know, was over the movie, but he did not have any lines, um, he was rarely seen in the movie, but the movie's whack as shit, the storyline is whack as shit, it was on some gangster shit that both... All members of B2K and all members of IMX know good and well they ain't no gangsters, okay? These are bitches, okay? These are bitch niggas. But, you know... And, um... So, it's just one of those things where... B2K was bigger, but I'm going to 
to talk about the aesthetic of B2K as well. Um, B2K had a more adult aesthetic than Mario. Mario came out as just like a normal teenager from Baltimore. shirt off the water on them all that stuff mario wasn't doing that because mario actually was an amazing singer so to these trash ass people who trying to figure out how morion got famous i mean morion got famous basically off of b2k and morion and b2k were famous for being whores on stage okay for taking their shirts off and throwing water bottles and keep in mind these were underage children these were underage children that were giving out lap dances, taking off their shirts, all that stuff. Which explained to me, you know, the people they work with, how the people they work with was pedophiles. I mean, only pedophiles would think it's cute for 15, 16-year-old boys to throw water bottles on their chest to nice and slow. Oh yeah, we're here. We're going to give the real truth to T-Bitch. Let's talk about that, okay? Clearly, your manager is a pedophile because I don't see why you think it's cute for a 15, 16-year-old boy, boys, to be taking their shirt off and throwing water on their chest. Now, at the time, I'm going to tell you how old I was. I was like 11, 12 years old. So, to me, we think it is cute. I mean, you know, we get a little Chippendales at 12. No, your mom ain't the only one having fun at the bachelorette party no more because B2K is giving you the bachelorette party. But B2K has always been more, had bigger followers and more people and stuff like that. It's because B2K had did a lot of gimmicks to where they at. Um, so... People always put Mario and Moria in the same box because they came out at the same time. But y'all saw that Mario and Moria are on two different levels. And I'm glad I did not plug up my laptop, honey. I'm glad I did not plug that up. Mario and Moria are on two different levels of talent. They're both talented men, don't get me wrong. But Mario is on a different spectrum than Moria. But before we get into Amorion and Mario, I kind of want to go into a brief history of that because I'm going to go deeper throughout the week of what's going on. I'm going to talk about Amorion and we're going to just talk about the fact that y'all dragging the shit out of Amorion over some shit that happened 10 years ago, girl. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but today I want to talk about the versus battles and I want to talk about the artists that were the opening act during the versus battle so sit back and relax and enjoy the show we're probably gonna have another power outage and i don't like being in houses with roaches so um we're gonna talk about 
the opening act to the versus battle and how I have an issue with there being an opening act for a versus battle. This right here for me was ghetto. So you might not see somebody as value, but trust me, they have value. There's a reason why they keep coming up. There's a reason why you keep seeing them. And I'll be straight up honest with you, knowing that people in the entertainment industry like taking money. No, um, all tea, all shade. People probably owe him money. <laughs> so Bobby V was there. Okay, and he probably did some collabs. He probably did some features with people too. You can get paid for features. So don't ever get it twisted when it comes to why somebody is there. They have their purpose because somebody either owe them money <clears throat> or they didn't get paid for their contribution to the last to the uh, first millennium tour because let's be straight up honest, Bobby V was not on the last millennium tour neither. So maybe some people felt like they need to make up for it by saying, hey, you know what, let's do um, let's do opening act and let's make up for the fact that Bobby V was not on the last Millennium Tour, even though he was on the first Millennium Tour. But also, Ray J was not on the last Millennium Tour or first Millennium Tour at all. Um, So we kind of owe these people, right? The next person I want to talk to you guys about I will talk about Pleasure P, because Pleasure P swell up and now. Y'all need to put some respect on his name. Um, and that's somebody else. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. He also probably had producing credits, songwriting credits that y'all know about. And like I said, somebody owed them something. Okay, you gotta understand the reason why they had uh, opening act. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't agree with the opening act whatsoever. That was, I don't get it. Nobody else had an opening act. They just went on to their verses. So I don't know why you're wasting two hours of my damn life. Like, I ain't got shit to do. But the reason they gave these people two hours, which they only supposed to have an hour and 50 minutes, but that's still two hours. I mean, when you round it up. Um, the reason they did so is because they owe people something. And when you owe somebody something, you kind of have to... Make sure your word is your bond. I don't know who owed him. I don't know if Amorion owed him or something like that. But like I said, there's somebody else who has songwriting and producing credits that you don't know about. And like I said, if people are still making money, that's because they're making money off songwriting and producing credits. You know, like Tank said... He makes R&B money. So Tate ain't got to ever tour 
or do an album again, could Tank be making money off of O? Tank be making money off of other stuff. He gets credits off other people's albums. And like I said, people assume that because that person does not have multiple Grammys, multiple, multiple, multi-platinum albums, or be on the hottest tour, that nobody's making money. But understand, they're making money from somewhere. And last and not least, Sammy. Before there was a Mario. <laughs> okay. And he and he said that I was the first one to do this. Technically, no, Bobby B started his career in 96. But the first teeny bop black star, which technically that would go to Bow Wow, is Sammy. Before there was a Mario, you best believe there was a Sammy. Okay. Um, Mario came out after Sammy. And there was a huge explosion of 12-year-olds rapping, which is Little Bow Wow and Little Romeo. Sammy was the only singer in that group. The song he was doing and he was singing, um, then he said he did with Bow Wow and Romeo and all the other littles, Lil Zane, uh, Lil Wayne. But Lil' Kim was not involved. They did a song for a soundtrack for a movie Keanu Reeves was in. And Sammy was the only singer that was singing on the track. So when he said he was a first teeny bopper black star, he was. Understand, these guys came out during a time where all the teeny bopper stars were white. There was like a small speck of black. But everybody that was teeny bopper and childlike and, and was and was introduced as childlike um, were white. You know, Battery Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, um, Christina Aguilera. Um, they were all teeny boppers, okay? And at the time, there was just a bunch of white teeny boppers, you know? There was nobody that black people could relate to. You know, black kids, it was that hardcore, uh, past destroy shit. That masterpiece, oh! Mystical. Um, who else was popping at the time? Jay-Z? Jay-Z's always popping in any time. Apparently, he's been popping since the damn war twenties. Um, Ja Rule. Everything that was black music was adult. So, Sammy was one of the ones to help usher in music for people my age at the time. Okay? 
So, you know, a lot of you guys, like, uh, you know, some of you guys who were born after 2000, um, who don't know shit, ain't about shit, you think that these artists are irrelevant to you, but these artists meant a lot to us because there were no black kids doing it like Bow Wow, Lil Romeo, and Sammy. Okay? We were told you had to be a grown-ass woman to get anywhere. Okay, we we saw teeny boppers, and you saw teenage girls being popular. But it's like the ways it became popular was Bow Wow, Sammy, and, and Little Romeo. And Little Romeo, once again, he does not get credit. It doesn't make any sense that people drag Little Romeo the same way they do. I know people want to drag him because they feel like he rapped about but at the time there was no black teeny boppers I'm not saying that the teeny boppers don't exist in um in the past cause in the past it was new edition and before that it was Jackson 5 but the 90's um well Michael Jackson he would be a little teeny bopperish even though I'm trying to figure out who let their kid listen to Billie Jean he done over here that knock somebody up um But in the 90s, most of your teeny bopper acts were white. So when Sammy comes up there and he's saying, you know, I'm the first to do it. I'm the first to, you know, pop on the scene. He was before Mario. But then once again, you kind of dissing Mario. But Sammy is first, it's not the first, but is um, one of the teeny boppers that came out during this teeny bopper explosion during this time. So I want to talk a little bit about Sammy. I found an article. This this might be a three hour podcast, y'all. This might be as long as the verses. I want to talk a little bit about Sammy just in case you guys don't know who he is. Y'all can look up the other three. I ain't got to tell you who Ray J is. Okay, y'all be shitting on Ray J for no reason. I found this from BlackGlove.com, and it says, um, R&B singer Sammy first gained notoriety at the tender age of 12 when his 1990 single, I Like It, a song that millennial black women who live for Y2K era would never forget. Yes, honey, because he had skating in the background. Y'all think skating is new. No, we were skating in the 90s, and they were skating in the 70s, too, honey. They probably were skating in the 20s, too. In, in the 1800s, people, no, y'all didn't invent no skating. We used to go to skating rinks heavy, okay, back then, okay? He debuted on the top 25 Billboard Hot 100 list. Sammy is one of the few artists who has successfully transitioned from a child music sensation to a grown-up artist. Now, we can debate that, but okay. Um, he's recently released his newest EP, Satin Sheets, and is currently co-headlining the Vibes and Vibes Tour that kicks off in March. But the Miami native is not no stranger to touring. In 2019, he embarked on the Everlasting Tour, performing in an intimate setting, giving his fans an up-and-close and personal experience, and was a fan favorite on 2020, the Millennium Tour. The Millennium Tour didn't happen until 2021. Uh, he was not on 2019, though. In addition to being an artist, Sammy also is an entrepreneur who, in 2020, launched his candle company, Simple Naked Candle Company. See, he's an entrepreneur. He's a whole entrepreneur. 
Sammy has a lot of success in career, but the one thing he doesn't have is someone to share it with. As his 35th birthday approaches, he opens up to Black Love about his latest project, his love life, and why he really ready to start a family and settle down. It's called blacklove.com, so of course they're going to be talking about love, but I kind of wanted to give you some stats on Sammy. Um, I didn't know he went married. They said he had a child. I didn't know he went married. Um. Hey, Sammy. You know what? I'm going to be kind of honest with you. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I'm a, uh, Let's talk about the dark side of the entertainment industry for a minute. Because I know, you know, Sammy, it looks amazing okay he's gorgeous he's over here got a whole damn beard with his beautiful curly hair and um he's gorgeous um but i have to warn you about these entertainment industry types <laughs> uh you know you gotta understand uh, they were in a business that was not meant for children okay there's a reason why people don't really deal with child acts um, I wanted to be a child act, but I was told and I was advised not to do so because it's just best for you to wait until after 18. Um, but the thing about child acts, there's a lot of things, a lot of weird things that they see. they go through um somebody exposed that now not everybody has gone through that or went through that or anything like that and Sammy was one of those artists that he actually went back to school and got his uh, education. Another person I saw that has education is Bobby Valentino. Bobby Valentino has a whole bachelor's degree in mass communications. Okay. Very important to make sure you get educated on all platforms, whether it's street etiquette, business etiquette. It's always very important for that. Um, these guys have a purpose and they have a meaning, but I'm going to tell you how I don't appreciate how they were being used. Um, because y'all saw them as jokes and stuff like that. They're not a joke. None of them are jokes. They are all talented men. Even Ray J. Y'all can talk crap about Ray J. All y'all want to. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. Ray J deserves more respect than you think so. Boo. Screw y'all. Um, but this is what I have an issue with the verses and how they use these guys. Um, sometimes some people in this world, they need filler acts in order to help their career. Okay. Or they need to have people come on who they feel that are not as talented as they are. Okay. This is has been an issue 
since well, the freaking screen tours, okay? When the screen tour started, let's be honest, the screen tour started and um, back in the uh, early 2000s, and it was started by Bow Wow. Well, it was started by Michael Malden, which is Jermaine Dupri's father. Um... And of course, at the time, I told y'all B2K was a scrub at, but they blocked my video because uh, I had videos of B2K when they looked like four little toddlers. Uh, and Raz be like a whole damn four-year-old. Um, The issue I've always had with the screen tours, eventually, especially because um, y'all understand that screen tours stopped. And I low-key believe it's because of the recession and because people had fallen out with them because it was just too many damn people on the ticket, okay? It don't make no sense that teenage girls are going home at night. And some of them girls did drive their cars. They, they had cars or had license at the time. It doesn't make any sense. How many damn people are on a tour ticket? You know, you're a talented person. You can do a show without headliners. I mean, not headliners. You can do a show. You can just headline a show by yourself. I went to go see Stevie Wonder years ago. And Stevie Wonder did a show by himself. Nobody opened up for him. Nobody got on stage and cut the fool. Just like B-Fold did. Um, nobody did any of that stuff. He did what he had to do. But that's Stevie Wonder. One of my biggest issues when it came to the screen tour and now the Millennium Tour, because y'all think that B2K went home with $5 million. No, them Negroes probably at most went home with probably 100 k or 50 k Okay? They didn't go home with a lot of money because they had to pay everybody that was on the tour. Everybody had to get paid. But trust and believe, and nobody got paid that's why I'm questioning why they did the verses before, why they had an opening act for the verses is because, like I said, they owe somebody money. All four of them dudes, they owed something. So, um, one of the issues I've always had with millennial tours and screen tour is there's a thousand act on one ticket okay i don't think concerts should be very long you understand that people can't waste their time dealing with or going to a show for a very long period of time the one issue I had about the Millennium Tour that B2K did, because I went to the one that B2K was in. Um, and there's no shade to Amorion, you know, if, you know, but you need to know that your bandmates do need to get a damn job at UPS. That's all I got to say about that. Um, but the one issue I had was by the time B2K got out, we was kind of, I was kind of over it. Okay. I felt like, and no disrespect to the EA twins, okay. 
Um, they were on stage too long. The Yin Yang Twins was the opening act. Chingy was on stage. Chingy was not on stage long. Chingy did his four, five songs and kept it moving. But I felt like the Yin Yang Twins took too long. That's the problem. People are still trying to prove that they still got it. People are still trying to prove that they are worthy um, to be seen as an artist. They're worthy to be respected as an artist. And my main issue is how many people are on the Millennium Tour. And that has always been an issue with the Scream Tours. And it's almost like they didn't learn anything from the Scream Tours. Okay? The Scream Tours, they're about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand artists. The Scream Tours started off with a bunch of artists. And like I said, B2K was one of the little scrub acts in the beginning. That just so happened to become big because of their gimmicks. But one of the main issues I've always had with a lot of opening acts, okay? I went to almost every almost every screen tour when I was younger. And I'll never forget going to the last screen tour and I was there. And I literally was fed up because of how many people was on the ticket. Okay? When I go to a concert, I want to see the artist. And my tolerance is only for a few artists before that artist. And I will say my tolerance is two artists. Maybe three on a good day. But nine out of ten times when I get into the arena... I'm ready to go home already because I'd rather be at home. Well, not okay. I love concerts. Don't get me wrong. I love concerts and I love going to concerts, but I would rather be home than to be sitting up there all day, all night, waiting for niggas to get on stage. I feel like. The verses took the format of the screen tours and the millennium tours. And people saw why the screen tours and millennium tours, because guess what? We're about to go right back into another recession and possibly a depression, okay? All right? We're, that's about to happen. This is real, people. This is not tiddlywinks. Nobody's playing with you. Nobody got time to be playing with you. We're, this is about to happen. You guys are probably wondering why there's no Millennium Tour this year. Because people can't afford liabilities. Okay? And on top of that, you got a thousand artists that are on a tour. Okay? So people can't, don't feel like dealing with that. And when people go to the tour, they come to see probably one or two or few of the acts. Um, to talk about people who came to this um, thing, it has to be frustrating to be sitting there for four hours and understand 
Them girls were sitting there. Them girls, I said it, them girls. They grown-ass women, but I think it's kind of silly. They were sitting there. Four hours. And if you looked at the camera, the camera panned to certain people. Them women were standing there for four hours. Nobody sat down. These are not teenage women. These are grown-ass women. Grown. Now, I know y'all like, when they chose to do it, yeah, I don't give a damn if I choose to sit up there and step on freaking fire for the rest of my life. That don't mean you should make me step on fire. I don't care. somebody is willing to suffer for you does not mean you put them through that shit but you know that's what y'all motherfuckers think that women should do right suffer for your stupid sorry fucking ass right probably that's why you grunt faces looking niggas sitting up here okay with Roe versus Wade right cause somebody gotta give birth to your rat face looking ass nigga kid I ain't taking back what I'm saying. I'm going to say what the hell I said. I don't give a damn. Even sitting in my room, I got tired of looking at the screen. So the verses became a joke before Amorian and Mario got on stage when they decided to do a two-hour pre-show. I'm going to say this now. The two-hour pre-show should have never happened. But when you owe everybody money, it has to happen. Um. So the pre-show was payback for those four artists for something they did y'all understand I don't know if y'all understand but I'm what I'm gonna tell y'all y'all need to understand that's the reason why Y'all got that. So, this versus became a joke before Amorian and Mario even came out. Okay? 
That was just it. The pre-show should have never happened. They should have did something before that. Or they should have did the verses over the weekend. And did the pre-show on Thursday with Bobby Valentino and Ray J and Pleasure Pre and Sandy. Because nobody was able to really get an appreciation for their work. Because they made this a joke. But I had to sit up there and blame Bobby Valentino. And, and I had to blame all them for letting them let people do them like that. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed my little rant about that ghetto ass versus. <sighs> Tomorrow. We're going to talk about the rise and fall of your king. Both of my my kings, you know. I love them both. But I got to drag Omorion a little bit. And this going to be a two-day thing. So I'm going to do this on Tuesday and Wednesday. Because there's some stuff that's coming about Omorion. And I'm like, why bring this up now? Y'all known this for 20 years. Why are you going to sit there and rat out? And the truth of the matter is, you're not only ratting out Omorion. You're ratting out B2K. Because I'm pretty sure y'all did not do the backup in the freaking first album. Okay? Um, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast, honey. Y'all know anything dealing with Mario and B2K is a passion project for me. Um, I have, I, well, I had respect for B2K. Um, I have respect for Amorian. I have respect for Mario. Um, I, I think I really feel like Amorian underestimated Mario. I don't think he thought a Mario was a worthy opponent. Then when he saw that he was a worthy opponent, um, he still didn't walk away humbly. And I'm going to say this. I'm looking at what he said and what he's posted. I mean, what he said back to Mario, I was highly confused as to you still don't have respect for Mario and and you still, you know, you still don't. Because, you know, I want to be honest with you. And somebody made this point, too. I was looking at this lady on YouTube and she made this point. Y'all disrespect each other as artists. You disrespect black music. Um, that's period. You disrespect black art. You disrespect other black artists. You're disrespecting yourself as well. And that's why I didn't really come from off the deep end of going in on them and saying some disrespectful things about, you know, Bobby Valentino and Ray J and Sammy and Pleasure P because they deserve credit in some arenas and some places, but I don't like how they use them. And they were used. This is all Amorian's doing. Uh, Mario don't use these niggas. Mario do a show. Mario will sell out a club in a minute. Okay? 
because she stole our clothes in Atlanta. So, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Are Thin. What you do in the dark always comes to light. Amoria, baby, it's not looking good for you. I, I suggest you humble yourself, sir. Genuinely humble your beautiful, sexy, tattooed self, sir. And if you need somebody to comfort you, you can always call me, okay? You can slide in my DMs anytime, baby. Because I love you. I love you, but I don't like you disrespecting my other baby daddy. So I think we could settle this with me, you, and Mario. We can settle this somewhere in Tulum or Miami or whatever have you. We can settle this very much, you know. I'm known to be a key peacekeeper. You know, I'm just saying. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I am going to go real deep on B2K. Um, I have kept quiet because it was too close to home, but I don't really fuck with this person no more. So, uh, we are going to talk about Amorian and B2K Rise. We're going to talk about Amorian. And we're going to go into details about what Boog is saying. Because Boog is just telling on, and I agree, I was watching somebody else, was it, Conscious TV? And he said that. He was like, you know, how you going to sit up here and drag Amorian when the same background people... The same people that wrote your shit did the same thing for B2K. I mean, the whole first album is Sam Salters, and now I heard it's Steve Russell's. B2K know they don't sound like that. They were five years old. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I know a Morian fan is going to be mad as hell at me, but I don't give a damn. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Well, no, fuck the ones that thought they could sit up there and kick me off Orion's Island, honey. With your big four-headed alien-looking ass bitch. I'm outie.